Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for dialing in online, and uh, just great to connect with you guys again today. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in this series of messages called At the Right Time, and uh, it is really built out of uh, several verses in the New Living Translation where uh, the word time uh, is kairos. There's two Greek words for time, chronos, which is like just chronological everyday time, but then there's kairos moments. Uh, uh, they are supernatural sometimes, they are extraordinary, they are unique and different, and I think all of us are uh, certainly recognize that we're in a unique moment right now, a Kairos moment uh, in history, and I think it's important for us to, to uh, not just tread water through this season, but to actually figure out what is God up to and how are we supposed to handle this time that we're in and how are we supposed to interact with God, with his church, with the world, with serving, with just, you know, our lives mattering uh, in this season. And so uh, what I'm after today especially is, uh, is, is to get us to know that there is going to be a future beyond COVID-19 Somebody say amen. <laughs> uh, but I also want to rescue myself and any one of us who might just be kind of sitting back and sort of treading water, waiting for this to be over uh, before we actually engage in doing good. So uh, the verse I want to look at today, and like I said, I'm looking at all these verses in uh, New Living Translation that use the phrase at the right time. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Everybody say at just the right time. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Come on, don't give up, right? And uh, this, uh, this phrase, at just the right time, translated in some uh, translations as due time, uh, some translations as appointed time, and it's a really unique set of two words here. The, the word that's uh, translated due or appointed is a, a Greek word that means one's own distinct, personal, private time. And, of course, the other word is the word kairos. And it's talking about this idea that, that each one of us is going to have our own distinct kairos moment. We're going to have our own distinct uh, time where the blessing of the Lord is going to be released into our life if we don't give up. God has appointed uh, a unique time an appointed by him time that no one could stop, that he was going to bring harvest into your world. And so you, you, you got to get this idea, uh, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit on my walk with God. I'm not going to quit on my marriage. I'm not going to quit on my church. I'm not going to quit on my dreams because if I won't give up, God will see to it 
that I have an appointed time. Oh, and that's a place to say amen. So my encouragement to you today is don't give up in this crazy season. Uh, a phrase that I've used a lot to help myself, but also I think can help a lot of us, is blessed are the flexible, they will not break. And sometimes you just got to be ready to flow with all the different things that are happening, but realizing there will be another season uh, beyond all of this. There will be a, a right time, an appointed time of harvest for you. And just a reminder that harvest is always disproportionately larger than seed sown. Um, I'm not great as a gardener, but my wife likes to do some gardening, and um, almost every year she'll end up getting some kind of tomato plants going um, in our yard, and it always amazes me how one little tomato plant can, can produce so many tomatoes that it's just, I, we could never eat them all. A family could never eat them all. Your harvest, if you continue sowing the right kind of seed, is going to bring you disproportionately greater blessing into your life. So Galatians, uh, amen. Thank you for whoever over there is really into it. I love it. Galatians 6, verse 7. I want to read this from New American Standard, and I want to share just a few ideas that may serve as a reminder, but also I think could serve to sharpen our faith um, and sharpen our perspective uh, in the day that we're in right now. Galatians 6, verse 7 do not be deceived. In other words, don't kid yourself. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good in sowing the right things. For in due time, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So let me give you a few ideas. Number one is this. The law of sowing and reaping governs life. It governs all of, all of life. And the Bible is very clear on this idea. Whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, that's what they will also reap. Sometimes people want to get more spiritual than the Bible, and they will say, I don't give expecting anything in return, uh, but you gotta remember that the concept of sowing and reaping is God's idea. We didn't make up that idea. God instituted that idea. And it's not taken from some obscure scripture or obscure idea in the Bible. I will read you a few verses right now, but I just want us to understand that this is a concept that runs from the beginning to the end in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 says, This I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. In other words, the person who says, what's the least I can do and get by is gonna experience a life that is in result of what's the least I can do and get by. But the one who sows bountifully 
shall also reap bountifully. The one who says, what's the most I could contribute? What's the most I could be involved? What's the most difference I could make? That is going to start to show up in the harvest of my life. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, now he, God, who supplies seed to sowers and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So don't ever talk yourself. When the Bible says don't be deceived, don't talk yourself into this, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough talent, I don't have enough resource, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough education, I don't have whatever that I can participate because everybody has a seed that God has given them. Everybody has something that God has put into their world that they can contribute with so that, they can, so that we can move away from being just consumers in life to being contributors in life. That we can move away from being just takers in life to learn how to be givers in life. Luke 6, verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, they will pour into your lap. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. In other words, you want your future to be greater, make your sowing in this season greater. Genesis 8, uh, verse 22, uh, says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So this law of seed time and harvest will always remain. Uh, it's the law of sowing and reaping. It's as certain as cold and heat. It's as certain as summer and winter. It's as certain as day and night. Please get this, uh, because this can revolutionize your world. Sowing and reaping is the way everything works. And when you get on the right side, because I know some people, as they're hearing me talk about sowing and reaping, they're, they're saying, I'm praying for a crop failure because I, I put some bad seed in the ground. But what I'm saying to, uh, to you is if we get on the right side of sowing and reaping, you and I are given this incredible ability to create our future. All the potential of our future lies in the way we handle the seeds that are in our hand today. God has given you and me the capacity to create our future. It's not just predetermined. It is, it is within the way you handle the seeds that are the small things that are in hand today. The seeds of today create the harvest of tomorrow. And the way to shape your future is to be mindful of how you sow your seeds today. So if you want tomatoes in your future, then plant tomato seed. 
if you want cucumbers in your future. Somebody left a bag of cucumbers on my door. Thank you. If you want cucumbers, you plant cucumbers. You can't plant tomato seeds and wish that cucumbers would show up in your world. So, if you sow love, you reap love. If you sow friendship, you reap friends. I had a, a, a pastor friend ask me, how are the marriages in your church holding up right now? I said, as far as I know, no one's killed anyone. Uh, <laughs> and far as I know, they're doing well. But I do know that this season has put a lot of strain and a lot of stress on marriages. Hey, listen, I'm just here to remind you today, if you sow love into your marriage, love comes back. Hey, if you want a great relationship with God, then you sow into it. Sow in. Put, read your Bible. Thank you for that. Read your Bible daily. Have a prayer time daily. I can tell this is exciting you, but have a worship time daily. If you'll sow into your spiritual life, if you'll sow into, because sometimes when you read your Bible, it doesn't feel like you're getting anything out of it. It doesn't matter. You just, hey, you can't even remember what you ate yesterday. You probably can't remember hardly what you ate for breakfast today. If you keep sowing it in, sowing it in, sowing it in, eventually a great relationship with God starts to become a harvest in your life. If you want great health, then you gotta sow into your health. I know sometimes it's tempting to sit down with the whole half gallon of ice cream and, and it's okay to do it, but just remember what you're sowing into. If you want greater finances, sow greater finances. It, what I'm saying to you is, this is an unerring law of life. And just like in, in, the, in the natural, we, you know, we, I did this series uh, a while back about it all started in a garden, how the kingdom of God works more agriculturally than technologically. In other words, technology is, we just expect it right now in the moment. Agricultural is there's a season, there's a period of time, there's nurturing that needs to take place. But it, so in the natural, you sow, you know, you plant a garden, you, you plant a field, you, you plant flowers, whatever. Sometimes there's storms and sometimes there's freezes that interrupt the harvest on occasion. And just like right now, we're experiencing a COVID-19 season, if you will, that's, that's so unique. But I'm just here to say to you, over the long run, year after year, even though this COVID season may end up changing some things, 
It will never change the law of sowing and reaping. That is going to power all the way through. One of the advantages that I have having pastored this church for almost 31 years now, having been in the ministry almost 40 years, is when I have younger guys, younger churches, and they're going, oh, what's going to happen? I say, I know exactly what's going to happen. God's church is going to prevail. God's way is going to prevail. It's happened in the past through difficult times and always come out shining, and it will happen again. So I'm just here to tell you, everything comes to pass, right? And you got to remember what is going to endure and not attach your life just to the things that are going to pass. Genesis 1, uh, verse uh, 11 and 12, God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds. So he put the seed that creates the future into the plants that he created at the beginning. And so let plants yielding seed, fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed. Everybody say with seed. With seed, in other words, with the future in mind. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. So what we got to remember is that God is always looking to the future. God is so futuristic in his outlook. He's always looking ahead. He always has the future in mind that when he created plants, he put the future into those plants. He put the potential for every other plant in the first plant. And I'm saying to you that God has put within your hand today the potential to create everything that you want in life. It just looks like a seed right now. But the seed for tomorrow that creates a greater tomorrow is in your hand today. This, amen. The second idea that I want to look at for a moment is this. Our standard of living is always affected by our standard of giving. Luke 6 says, the way, by your measure, it will be measured back to you. I still remember that the day when this verse came alive to me. I was uh, ministering in India, and I was laying on a bed, hoping a big snake would not crawl out from under it. And reading my Bible, and I'm reading this Luke 6, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, they are going to give to you. For by your standard of measure, it'll be measured back to you. And I just the lights came on for me that, that, that this whole idea, if I sow sparingly, I reap sparingly. If I sow abundantly, I reap abundantly. In other words, if I do the best I can with what I have in hand today, my future, by my standard of measure, it keeps coming back. So if I give my best, life keeps giving back the best. If I, if I give the, the least I could get by with, life keeps coming back with the least. You can, you can raise your standard of living by raising your standard of giving. 
A greater life always starts by us giving more. The Bible teaches us this idea. You give, then you get. And most of us are still waiting to get before we give. So we're, we're waiting for them to be friendly to us before we're friendly to them. But the concept is, if you want your future greater, it's, it's give first, then get. If you want to grow your business, then make sure you keep giving greater. Because the greater your business gives out, the more people will be attracted to utilize your business. If you want to grow your career, don't just show up at the very last second and punch out, you know, early and just try to get by with the very least. You know, give your very best. Because when you give your best to your career, your career will continue to grow and grow. Hey, listen, if you want your marriage to be good, you can't just sit around and say, well, she doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. No, you, you've got to sow into that field. I'm encouraging you. I don't know, maybe your marriage is struggling. I hope it's not. But if it is at any level, don't just keep, the more you draw back and, and, and look at the, your marriage partner, your spouse, and say about them, they're just not, then you're, you're, you're on a road to decrease. If you can look at your marriage partner and say, what could I do to bless them? What, what could I do that they like? What can, what can I, do they like ham sandwiches? Then I'm gonna make them a ham sandwich. You can, you can change your standard of living by changing your standard of giving. Number three idea is this. God places himself responsible for your harvest. Now, I want you to get this idea because I think it's super important. The Bible says God is not mocked. So the law of sowing and reaping is a principle of life. But more than just a principle, God has attached his reputation to that principle. He has attached himself, his character, to that principle. God, God is a God of divine order and divine principles. So one of the reasons we believe there is a God is because of the order of things. Certainly it didn't just evolve because an amoeba had a good day and what we have has been created no, we can, we, can, we can depend on the order of seasons. We can depend on the order of ecosystems. We can depend on the order of how a human body works. We can depend on the order of our solar system. When, when people are wanting to launch into space, they have to find a launch window. It's so precise, they miss it by a few minutes, they have to wait for another one. Because it, there's so much order in the way the solar system works. We, we can depend on the order of math. Two plus two is always four. I don't care who you are, where you grew up, how old you are. 
how smart you are. Two plus two is always four. We can depend on the order, the order of music. So uh, I love this, this picture of this uh, atheist uh, logic. Look at this sandcastle came about by chance after millions of years of erosion. Nobody would look at that and say that just happened. Here's what you know. Somebody with intelligence, somebody with talent, somebody specifically, personally made that happen. And what I'm saying to you is while there is divine law and principle, while there is an order to things, bigger than that is God is personally committed to your harvest. He's, he's personal. He stands behind his laws to make them come to pass. So one of the biggest lessons that has helped me so much in my life is when you learn the principle, you learn the law, and you submit to it, it will carry you further. Your life will go higher when you submit to the laws and the principles that are greater than you are. So if you if you'll submit to the law of electricity, it'll work for you. If you submit to the law of gravity, it works for you. You can... You can fly a plane as you understand what the laws of gravity are. But if you don't submit to the law of gravity, you could be in serious trouble. You submit to the laws of worship. You submit to the laws of prayer. God is personally committed to your harvest. Idea number four that I want to talk about is, is this. Sow to your spirit in order to live life abundantly. Galatians 6, 8 says, for the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life, or reap zoe life, the God kind of life. So, so what this verse is telling us is that the law of sowing and reaping can either work positively or negatively for your life. If you sow good seed, you reap good harvest. If you sow bad seed, you reap bad harvest. If you sow to your flesh, you reap corruption. If you sow to your spirit, you reap life. So everything I watch, everything I listen to, everything I expose myself to, is going to produce a harvest. Every action I take, every action I don't take, every place I go, every place I don't go, it all sows to my flesh or to my spirit. So if you have the opportunity to listen to an anointed message, read your Bible, read a good book, it's going to sow into the right part of you. But if you have the opportunity to watch pornography, it's going to sow into you. You have the opportunity to go to church, it sows something for your life. You go to the club, well, you can't go to the club now, so there, that got solved for you. 
If I read my Bible, it sows into me. If I park in front of the TV for hours, it sows into me. If I participate in gossip, it sows into something. If I, if I t- pull away from gossip and say, I'm just gonna pray about this one, that's, those are sowing and reaping opportunities. And what I'm saying is, this isn't legalism like watch pornography, you'll immediately go to hell. Go to the club, you'll immediately go to hell. Go, <laughs> go to church, you'll immediately go to heaven. It's not legalistic, but it's realistic. And what the Bible says is, don't, don't be deceived by this. The word deceived means like to wander because there's always a season between the sowing and the reaping. That's why it can become easy to lose heart. <laughs> I've dieted for two days and I'm still not at my target weight. When you sow the negative, it feels like no repercussions from that. It seems like I got away with it. The first cigarette that you smoke won't give you cancer, but keep sowing that, and it's definitely gonna do something that you don't want. And the same thing, when you, when you sow to your spirit, sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter. That push-up <laughs> didn't feel like it made me healthier. But if you feed your spirit, starve your flesh, you're gonna find yourself living an abundant life. All right, number five, idea is this. I only have 10 more of these. Joking, keeping short services, COVID-19 said so. Number five, seize your sowing opportunities. Galatians 6.10 says, so then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are part of your church, especially to those who are of the household of the faith. While we have opportunity, the Bible says we should sow at opportune times. I wanna say this because I think there's a concern in me that our church is actually um, doing well in spite of uh, this whole season. But here's my concern, is that too many of us would, would backpedal enough and just only tread water until this is all officially over. And not lean in and find the opportunity to serve the purpose of God in the house of God. Don't, you don't have to shut me down on this one. But, but I wanna say this. You may feel uncomfortable. You're watching on your couch right now. You may feel uncomfortable coming to church. I get that, and that's okay. But I'm saying every one of us that feels like God has told us this is your church family ought to be looking for an opportunity to sow something into the house, just like 
you would want to sow into your marriage, sow into your business, sow into your personal well-being. You would also want to sow into the house that God's made you a part of. So, so hear me say this, that we cannot just hold back and say, once this is over, I'll be involved. Find some kind of way to sow into the house that God has made you a part of. Amen. And then here's the last idea that I want to talk about today is number six, you have an appointed season of reaping. I love this idea. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time, in one's own distinct personal appointed time, you're going to reap if you don't grow weary. So I want to say this, not just as a general teaching idea, but I want to say this prophetically to each one of us. God personally himself has appointed a distinct time for your harvest. And there is no one There is no disease, there is no devil, there is no opinion of man that could stop what God has appointed for your life. That's why I want to encourage you, don't grow weary, don't lose heart, don't let yourself get backpedaled into not contributing to life at all. So sometimes we get, get distracted by other people's when they're reaping their harvest. You can look at somebody and go, why isn't that happening for me? You have no idea the price they've paid to reap that harvest. It would do us far better to learn how to rejoice in somebody else getting a harvest so that we would go, oh yeah, God did it for them. He'll do it for me. If, if you have ears to hear this, God has appointed your day. So don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. Don't miss your opportunities. God will not be mocked. Hey, would you just bow your head and let's pray together. Father, you have an appointed day of harvest for each one of us. I'm praying for every person in this room, every person listening, sitting on their couch, laying in their bed, sitting in the kitchen, riding in their car. Father, let the overwhelming surety, certainty that you are looking after the harvest in our life, the harvest of blessing that's coming into our world. So we determine, Father, we're not gonna get weary. We're not gonna give up. We're not gonna snap. We're not gonna break. We're gonna keep on 
seizing opportunity to do good in life. Let hope for that. Let faith for that. Let confidence for that. God, let surety for that arise in every heart. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to take this moment. I want to make sure that every one of us is where we want to be, where we know we could and should be in our relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're listening to this and you, you, you don't really feel confident about where you stand with God. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus before. You don't even know what that means, but you know it's something you need to do. Or maybe there was a day where you used to be closer to the Lord than you are now. Come on, it's time to come back to return home. Or maybe you don't feel confident about where you stand with God. And so everybody in this room, I want to pray with you. Everybody that's watching online, I want to pray with you. If that, if that is you and you say, Pastor, pray with me, I, I'm, I want to know. I want to be sure. I want to be confident that I'm right with God, that my relationship is right with God. I want God watching over my appointed days of harvest. I want God, in, I want my life in his hands. If you have never surrendered to Jesus or maybe slipped away or feel unsure, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want you to raise your hand just real high for a moment and just let me see. God bless you. Come on, somebody else. God bless you right here. Anybody else? There's no shame in this. It's just an honest, open heart that says, God, I want you and need you. I want my life in your hands. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, include me in this prayer? Thank you so much. Come on, anybody else? Thank you, guys. Hey, come on, let's all of us pray this together. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but I would love for us all to pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning for me. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.